Welcome to Encounter, the show that brings you the life-changing encounters of ordinary people that launch them into lives of extraordinary mission. Encounter is a co-production of St. Gabriel Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. My name is Dan Dimite, and I'm joined here with my co-host, Patrick Rice. Hey, Patrick. Yay for me. Yay for me. You're a good man. What was that? I don't know. Patrick, today's going to be awesome, man. Like, (laughs) hey, life is so good, and we're going to hear from our good friend, Gina Sakuti. She's... Yeah, uh, Gina Sakuti. It's about her more than me, everybody. (laughs) Hey, and like, uh, she's a 25-year-old youth minister that has just experienced the power and the freedom that comes uh, with uh, when Jesus takes root of our life. And she loves... Jesus. Yeah. Give it up for Jesus. No, I just want people to experience freedom and joy in their life. And, and God is the God of, of uh, miracles and wonders. And if there's a dark area in your life today, I just want to proclaim that God wants to bring healing. If there there is darkness, God brings light, right? And so he is the light of the world that shines in the darkness, and the darkness will not, cannot, shall not overcome it. And so today, for the next hour, you just prepare. Warned, you just warned every demon. That like man, he's coming. He's coming. Oh, let's like right now. Let's just like demons. The light of the world has come, and and you're done. Yeah. Right? Like uh, fear, strongholds anxiety, are broken. You can't. Footholds are have broken. Nothing over the yes. Holy Spirit. And so, light of the world, shine for the next hour. This is a Catholic. We show. claim this. We claim this time for Jesus Christ. Can you open us in prayer? Yes. In the name of the Father and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father, we thank you for one holy, Catholic, and apostolic church, which has authority given to it by Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank you for the authority that we walk in. We're going to be everything that Jesus said we're going to be. We're going to walk in the freedom that he wants us to minister in. And Lord, we thank you for everything you're going to do. And I thank you for the miracles, for the spiritual healing that's going to flow in the show, and for expectant faith. And we release it now in Jesus' name. Oh, Jesus, uh, (laughs) you say that you are the light of the world And I just thank you, Lord, for being the light. And right now, I just pray that you would enter into the darkest of areas, that you would shine radiantly and dispel all darkness in this world. In the name of Jesus, we cast out darkness. We speak to you, darkness, and we say you have no authority in anyone's life because the light has come and the light is victory. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I I got a word. All right, give it. Jesus said, all authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. Mm Mm-hmm. And then he said to the disciples, go. So if Jesus has all authority, what authority does the devil have, Dan? Um, no authority? That's correct. Yeah! Wow. That's correct. I like that. This is like <laughs> biblical math test. It, it really is. And, it's, and so if he has no authority, okay, the only way he can ever get have any kind of influence is if we give him the authority that has been given to us. Oh, wow. So we Isn't that have... amazing? Yeah. So... Uh, I wonder... We have to partner with him through lies because he's a liar, the father of all lies. When he tells a lie, he speaks in character, Dan. Yeah, so if you're listening right now and that word is speaking to you, I just want you to say, uh, you know, I, I reclaim my authority as a son and daughter. and I, I give, reclaim I, my authority as a son and daughter. And I don't give any authority to the evil one. I don't give any authority to the evil one. Right? The, the guys, God has all the authority over your life. He's in control. He's in control, and the evil one wants to take control, and he wants you to lose control. And a lot of times, we try to take control of our life as well, right? And mm-hmm. we just want to surrender. Surrender to the authority of God over you, that he loves you. You know, Patrick, I just love that Jesus says, I am the light of the world. And and when he says, I am the light of the world, then later he says, you are the light of the world, mm-hmm. right? That that the, the light that he is has been given to us so that we can be the light. And the authority 
that he has has been given to us so that we have authority over darkness, right? That's right. It's just, not the other way around. It's not. It's not. And if you think it's the other way around, you're wrong. <laughs> what do you mean? What's, what do you mean by the other way around? Like that, that the enemy has authority over you and you have to hide from him. And you, if, if you do many two great things, you'll, you'll, you'll put a bullseye in your chest and he's going to get you. Yeah. That's just false. You know, we what? have this mentality, Dan. I'm calling it out now. It's mm-hmm. a lie. Yeah, I think sometimes we see ourselves as chained up, like by these lies and this darkness. Like it's these chains, but the reality is the chains have no lock. Like the the they're not locked on you. Be, like you you just have to release them. It's like we keep ourselves enslaved. We've already been set free by the precious blood of Jesus Christ two thousand years ago. So what was done was done. The only one who can keep you a slave is you, right? So Dan, what does this have to do with our show? Ah. <sighs> We're going to welcome on today uh, a friend of ours, Gina Sicuti, and, and she's just going to share about the power uh, of Jesus Christ working, that the light of the world um, has come into her life and set her free, and just the reality that um, the, the the lies of the evil one can be transformed, that if the, the evil one has, uh, if you've given him authority in your life, that, that God can reclaim authority over you, and that, that God can show you the new life that he has in store for you. I have a sense, too, that... Like uh, for people on the show that are are dealing with anything that we're talking about, okay, and you don't even have to know exactly what we're talking about. Um, if you want more freedom, for especially from fear in your life, I really think that you're going to receive a lot today. You're not just going to hear an amazing testimony, but you're going to receive, um, I think, just this this power to respond with faith, to respond um, with something that's going to break off fear from your life. Because this woman, this young woman, Gina, she's going to be sharing. I think one of the most um, difficult testimonies, and when, we, when, when we talk about like the hot button issues, like I'm going through Gina's testimony, I'm like, check, 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 check. Wow. Wow. We're letting her on the radio. Check. Yep. Yeah, yeah, and like, <laughs> and the key is maybe you don't identify with Gina's testimony. If you do, enter into it, right? But if you don't, uh, you know someone who will intercede, and it, it's so important that you intercede and that you share, share, right? Like the 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 way that God gives hope to the hopeless is through um, the the word of testimony. And so if you know someone or if you're experiencing hopelessness or you have a loved one who is experiencing hopelessness, the the power of a testimony is that it can break chains and let those chains fall. So we're going to take a short break. And uh, when we come back, we're going to hear this testimony um, from Gina and and just prepare that, that God wants you to, uh, he wants to do something significant in your life. Once again, this is Encounter, a co-production of St. Gabriel and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. We'll be right back. Ready when you are. Encounter with Dan Demite and Patrick Rice any time of the day or night. Visit EWTN.com slash podcast to check out our podcast today. EWTN. It's everywhere. John Martinoni. Okay, the serpent was Satan. Essentially, he had taken the form of a serpent. Satan is culpable because he tempted them to evil. He is not responsible for their sin. They had free will. They could have said no. Satan is culpable because he tempted them to do something contrary to the will of God. Open line with John Martinoni. Monday, 3 p.m. Eastern on EWTN Radio. 
Jimmy Aiken. One of my greatest joys in life is the joy of discovery, especially discovering answers to the questions about God, about the world that he's made, and how we can find our way to him. The leading Catholic voices are on EWTN Radio. Welcome back to Encounter, the show that brings you the life-changing encounters of ordinary people that launch them into lives of extraordinary mission. Encounter is a co-production of St. Gabriel Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Patrick, I am so excited to welcome into studio our dear friend Gina Sakuti. Yeah, Gina! Hello, hello, hello. So Gina, you are 25 years old. You are living revival in the Catholic Church. You are a youth minister at Immaculate Conception Parish. uh, And and we're just so excited to have your your joy and your faithfulness on the show. Listeners, get ready. Uh, There's about to be an explosion of joy and freedom uh, in the next half hour as we hear Gina's testimony. So just buckle up if you're driving. (laughs) If you're not driving, buckle up anyway, because it's going to get crazy up in here. All right. So Gina, wow. What has God done in your life? Like, where did you, like, as a child growing up in the Catholic faith, where, where did, what was it like? So, wow, God's done a lot. It's always funny looking back. Um, but I I grew up in a Catholic family, you know, pretty close to just in Columbus. Um, I, I went to a Catholic school. We kind of, we went to mass most Sundays, the typical, like, prayed before meals, prayed before bed. Um, but no one had ever really shared with me that Jesus was a person that, like, desired a relationship with me. And so... I was kind of raised that the faith was like the set of rules and being like the perfectionist that I was, I was going to be really good at following those rules. Um, But I also had this like this hunger and desire inside of me. I knew that like I was different. And from a very young age, I was like, okay, like I'm going to do something like big in the world. I didn't know what that was, but I was like this little kid that truly desired to change the world. How young were you when you started getting those promptings? I would say like... I mean, as far back as I can remember, like I just, I was like a bigger picture person. Mm. Um, I would say even as like a seven to 10 year old, like I saw, I didn't have like the blinders. I feel like that I kind of developed as I got older and the world kind of threw things at me. Um, But in my like childlike innocence, I like the world was like my oyster and I knew that I had been kind of set apart. I didn't have any context for that. I didn't know that that was the Lord. Um, but it was like very much written on my heart. And so that kind of led to this reality of feeling kind of alone. Um, my family, I'm the oldest of four girls, love my family dearly, but I was like super different than my family. They were very like, um, I was more sensitive, I guess, for lack of a better word. And I just saw things differently. And like as a kid, I desired to be around adults. Like I desired to enter into conversation that like wasn't normal for like a seven year old. I wanted to like ponder the deeper meaning of life. And everyone was like, don't you want to play outside? It's like, no, (laughs) I want to sit at the grown up table and like talk about things that matter. Um, And so that kind of left this like. I don't know, just a hole kind of in me because I didn't really feel like I belonged at home. And I think as humans, um, when we're left with like not knowing our identity fully in the Lord, one of three things can happen. I think the first thing is we try to like achieve the satisfaction of that hunger. I think the second thing is we try to numb out the reality of that hunger. Mm. And I think the third thing is we try to take matters into our own hands and control that hunger. And mm. so I very much lived 
the seasons of my life um, up until I would say about like three or four years ago in one of those categories. And so the first kind of 12 years of my life, I definitely lived in that reality of like, I'm going to achieve the satisfaction of this hunger and this desire for more. Um, So everything was like very performance based. I was like going to school and trying to be the best at everything. I was involved in like five million. That was a huge exaggeration. A lot (laughs) of extracurricular activities, soccer, softball, basketball, track, diving, dance, and not only involved, but like wanting to be the best at those. And so my life was like this whirlwind of um, going from one thing to the next, trying to be the best at it, then trying to like still have friends and like take care of myself and then waking up the next day and doing it all over again. So I would say by about age 13, I was burnt out, which is very young yeah. <laughs> to be burnt out. Um, and on top of that, I, because I was different, I like truly was just like an all around good kid. Like I desired to like be nice to people and I desired to spread joy and I desired Um, even like my teachers, I wanted to like serve my teachers and love my teachers, which in kid terms translates to being like a teacher's pet. And so no one thinks you're being authentic, even though I genuinely like was being authentic. (laughs) But I did bring this apple for real. Exactly. And they're like, no, you just are a suck up and (laughs) brown nose. Exactly. That was the epitome of my like grade school life. Um, but I didn't understand because I had this like purity of heart where I just like, I just wanted to love people. Um, but middle school, that was like totally not received. So all the things that had kind of set me apart as a kid in middle school suddenly shifted and became these things that like made everyone not like me at all. Mm. So um, like, what do you mean by that? So kids were really mean to me. Um, I was bullied pretty badly in middle school. There was an I hate Gina club at my school that like my whole grade was in. <laughs> Wow. Um, Did they have t-shirts? They did not have t-shirts, although who knows? Maybe they had underground t-shirts that I like didn't know about. They got together and wore them. Um, So that was really, really challenging. Um, Also, like there was this weird dynamic where like my best friend actually was like my like greatest enemy and was really, really mean to me. And I just desired she was kind of broken. And I saw that brokenness. The Lord gave me this like awareness at a young age to like see just like the places other people were broken and they would come to me because they knew that like the way I loved them was authentic. Um, and they would like desire my advice or my help. And then the next day they would just like annihilate me. This girl would like not talk to me for like weeks at a time. I specifically remember one time she like didn't have a coat at recess. I offered her my coat and she was like, I would never wear that coat. It's the ugliest coat ever. And then just didn't talk to me for two weeks. So there was this, there was this tension of like, I just want to like, care for people but no one was like receiving me and then it led to like people not treating me the best and so this sent me into a lot of anxiety um a lot of depression and just this reality of like who i was at my core wasn't received and actually caused like people to treat me badly and so then this desire to be loved like wasn't being fulfilled and i could never be good enough and so I lived kind of in that lie that I could never be good enough because. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I do a lot of parish missions and uh-huh. when you're praying over adults, what I find um, is that so many of the wounds that adults carry all the way into like adulthood and raising their children. And even like, I, I'm always amazed at how many grandparents I'm praying over and, and 
they have wounds rooted in middle school of being mm-hmm. bullied. And these wounds, uh, the, the enemy creep, like was able to creep in and, and shape a lie in them that determines that their entire life. And like you pray over someone who's uh, a grandparent and they've carried this lie their entire life. And you just, you know, at that moment in which they break that lie, they experience such freedom. And the father just like, I just weep when I'm praying over people because it's like, man, the father wanted you to get to give you that freedom so long ago. Right. And what were some of those lies that the evil one started to shape in you at that young age? Yeah, that's so beautiful. Praise God. Just that he even in age and time, he's able to like meet us in those wounds. Um, I would say the lies that that began to take root in my life. Number one, that I wasn't good enough. Number two, that I was like so misunderstood. Um, number three, that I was too much. I was always like to this or to that. So the too much lie really kind of was a foundation that took place then. Mm. Um, also that I, that I was never going to be loved for who I was, um, that I just had to like wear these masks. Um, and that just began to manifest itself in a lot of different ways, um, in middle school and carrying on into high school. Um, like I said, kind of the depression and self-hatred, I would say self-hatred kind of took root then as well. Um, and I kind of ended up, <laughs> the Lord always was like knocking on the door of my heart. The Lord constantly was like giving me these little moments where he was giving me glimpses of who he was. But I was in like survival mode that I couldn't take that risk. That risk just seemed like too much. And so I was very much in self-preservation mode and felt like I had to do it all on my own. Um, and so entering in to eighth grade, especially that's where I was living out of and everything at school had gotten so bad that I, I developed, um, an eating disorder and self-harm. Um, I would like kind of go in the bathroom every day and practice this like self-harm because I needed to like numb out. Now I was in that place where I was going to numb this hunger and this desire, um, Mm -hmm. because you know, nothing was ever going to satisfy it and I wasn't good enough. Um, and so I ended up like switching schools in eighth grade which was an interesting thing because the girl that was bullying me kind of followed me um, to my new school and turned everyone <laughs> against me there. Oh. So that was that was a, an interesting season because I was like, okay, <laughs> like this is never going to get any better. Um, around every turn, there's like someone to just kind of bring me down. That was another lie. Everyone became scary. Fear very much ran my entire life at that point. And so my parents kind of had realized that I was struggling a lot. And so they, on Christian radio station, heard about this talent competition. And I was a dancer, and dance was kind of an outlet for me. And so I ended up going and competing um, in this dance category. And on, um, on that day, I picked up a commercial script and decided to compete in acting as well, which I had never acted before in my entire life. And I loved it. And it became this new like mission. I was like, okay, if I can be a successful actress, um, then I will be able to use that platform to change the world. Because like I said, I wanted to be a world changer as a child. And I thought that that was how I was going to get there. Um, So I went to this talent competition out of like 900 people in acting. I placed like first, third, 10th and 20 something, which is pretty good for never acting before. (laughs) I was like, wow, I'm actually good at this and I really enjoy it. And at this point, I was entering into my freshman year of high school, could not bear to be at school on the anxiety and the fear of being there, like couldn't stand it. And so used acting kind of as my like escape. And 
kind of did like a lot of different local things to like um, build my resume for this newfound talent that I had. And then sophomore year of high school, um, I was very much like very deeply in my eating disorder. And my counselor at the time gave my parents, they were like, you know, you really should get her more help. And my parents didn't know what to do with me. Um, This like bright girl, this girl who had lots of gifts and talents and really loved people, but then had this like this secret um, of like self-destruction that she was carrying. My parents didn't know kind of what to do with that. And they also didn't know how to like accept the help and the resources. And so they were like, she'll be fine. It's okay. We'll just like look the other way and kind of pretend like nothing's going on, Um, which was another way that enemy very much worked in my parents and I's relationship at the time. And so they were like, okay, you have a choice. You can get help or you can move to California and pursue your dream of acting. So sophomore year of high school, teenager, I was like, yeah, move to California. Like, <laughs> if I run away, these things aren't going to follow me. Like, the hunger is going to be gone and I'm going to be satisfied because I'm going to be famous. <laughs> right. Okay. Great. That's how it usually works. Yeah. You know, everyone <laughs> moves to California, becomes famous, and then they, they're satisfied forever. No, that's totally not what happened. So I moved to California. Have like As a sophomore in high as school? As a sophomore in high school. Wow. Um, live with my mom and my youngest sister for a little bit of the time. They end up moving back, and then I li- live with my manager, and I have, like, a house mom, and I'm, like, fully independent, taking care of myself, going on auditions, have a manager and an agent, um, going to Malibu on the weekends, like, learning how to surf, hanging out with all these, like, young people who are so lost because they have no direction and are just like they have all this money and they're working and they have no parents and they're like have houses at age 17 and it's just a very backwards culture um and i'm not as caught up in it this was what was fascinating the lord is so good i don't get as caught up in it as you would think um i'm not really making bad choices but i'm around all these people who are not making the best choices um in the whole time Like the Lord brings me into this new season of curiosity of just like who he is. So I'm starting to read these like books, these like Christian books. And I end up getting involved in this like Christian mission there where we would go and like serve the really poor neighborhoods of L.A. Um, And like I'm simultaneously seeking out this like culture that is so like unfulfilling. And I'm also so curious about who the Lord is. And so that starts to like take root in my heart. Um. And I remember, so before I moved home, I was there for two years. And right before I ended up having to move home because of financial reasons, I like signed with one of the biggest agencies in LA for voiceover work. I was in a couple music videos. Which music videos, Gina? Uh, I want to hear about this. No. <laughs> you got to tell the audience. They okay. need to know the they're whole gonna story. Look, they're, they're going on YouTube right now. <laughs> I guarantee it. it. I was in a Justin Bieber music video yeah. before Justin Bieber was anyone. I was like, who's this 12-year-old that I like have to go to this music video for? My mom was like, yeah, just go. It'll help you build your resume. I was like, I don't want to. <laughs> what uh, was the song? One time. Nice. Um, I got hired to break dance actually because I could break dance. Naturally, all Christians can break dance. Can and you can still break dance or not? I can still break dance. I'm not as good. I'm not as you know. I'm old. I can't really do what I used <laughs> to be able to do. Five years yeah, old. I can't even like play. I got back. You've from totally a, missed the prime. I got back from a youth ministry retreat last weekend and I <laughs> couldn't move the next day. I'm so tired. I like can't. You yeah. gotta do a little tune up on your windmill. Okay. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, so so you were. I'm sorry. So you're in music videos. You're in like in voiceovers. Yeah, so I big agencies had sign. an awesome relationship with Nickelodeon. They were like calling me in once a month. Nice, looking for a role for me on Victorious and iCarly. I was literally. Um, reaching this point where everyone my age would have looked at me and been like, oh, she's on her way to like success and she's so satisfied. Like she is living the life. Guys, but I was still so empty inside. Um, and all the, all the desires that had followed me to California were like starting to kind of consume me. Um, and like I said, for financial reasons, had to move home with every intent of going back to California. And when I got home, I kind of had like no one. All my friends had just kind of left me. Um, a lot of friendships had ended really badly when I went to California. And so I, I was in this place where my eating disorder and like self-destructive habits really kind of took over. Um, and I like didn't know what to do with my life. I didn't know where to go. Um, and I kind of hit this low point. And I remember... I I got to this point where I tried to take my own life. And that was a point where I remember being in the hospital, like waiting, um, waiting to hear what was going to happen <laughs> um, and begging Jesus. I was like, Jesus, I promise you, I promise you, I promise you, I promise you, if you like let me live, I will never like get to this point again. I promise you, I will like stop kind of digging in all these empty places. Um, and by the grace of God, I'm like still here. So. God is so good. Yeah. Um, but I, I very much like was not given the resources that I needed to kind of continue this like healing process. And I started, I started kind of reaching back out to people that had planted seeds of Jesus throughout my life. Um, but I was still really struggling with my eating disorder. And it's funny that like something that had to do with hunger and food was the very thing that was kind of like destroying me. And I thought that like, if I could just numb or if I could just not feel or um, if I could just like not have this hunger, I'd be, I'd be fine. But what ended up happening is I ended up going to treatment um, for my eating disorder. It was a Christian treatment facility. And while I was there, I finally entered into a time of like authenticity with other people. And the Lord used that so beautifully. We were a group of women who were broken, but we were willing to admit that we were broken and we were inviting the Lord into our brokenness, which was such a powerful season of my life. And for the first time, um, I let the Lord's love into that brokenness. It had been there all along, but I finally was willing to be like, I don't have it all together. (laughs) I a hundred percent don't have it all together, Lord. And so if you are who you say you are, I'm inviting you in right now to be in that brokenness with me. And the Lord loved on me so beautifully through the women that I met, but also just in relationship. I developed a prayer life for the first like season of my life. I had a prayer life and that was a beautiful thing. The Lord worked so powerfully and just speaking like who I was for the first time I had a taste of my identity and I truly tasted freedom. Mm. And so I left treatment with this. Yeah. Real quick, Gina, when, when, when you invited the Lord into that brokenness, what did, did you start hearing his voice? Like, what was he saying? Was he changing those lies? Was he speaking to you? I started to hear his voice mainly, I would say in a large sense, um, like umbrella voice of God. So Mm -hmm. the larger truths, the first one being that I had hope. Um, the Lord was my hope and I had never really had hope before Mm. in my life. I think the second one that the way he made me was like good enough, um, that all the kind of little quirks that people didn't accept were the very things um, that he had 
he had intentionally created in me and he was going to use them for a purpose. And so those were the two major truths. I would say that my my sensitivity to the Lord's voice in like the little moments of every day had not been turned up yet. Um, but my overall knowledge of who God was and that he created me for a reason kind of became to take root in my life instead of the lies. So praise God for that yeah. reality. Amen. Um, Amen. So good. You know, I, I just love that like you the Lord starts speaking that you're good enough. I think sometimes we're, we're always like, Oh man, I'm not smart enough. I'm not athletic enough. I'm not funny enough. I'm not likable enough. I'm not lovable enough. And the Lord's just like enough already. Like you are enough already, right? Like it's not a matter of trying to set, set a standard of the world's definition of enough. Like Mm -hmm. the father says, no, you're enough. Like you're enough to me. And, um, you're my son, you're my daughter and I love you. So you get out of treatment and, and what's, what's different? What's different is that I now have a desire to like dive deeper into relationship with the Lord. Um, I had never, like I said, I had never realized that we were meant to have a relationship with the one who made us. And so what did that look like practically was just a, a new hunger for a daily prayer life. And once again, avoiding those relationships where like people were going to, um, kind of like put me down all the time, but seeking out those relationships of people who are going to be upbuilding, kind of yoking myself with people who knew the Lord um, so that I could then fall deeper in love with the Lord. And I still had that sense of mission in my heart, but I knew that I needed to build a foundation mm. um, in order to like go out and do what the Lord had created me to do. But unfortunately, um, shortly after leaving treatment, I experienced sexual assault. Um, and that was kind of, So it brought me back to a wound that I had from childhood of abuse. Um, And then I was entering into this season of having to face this this sexual assault, Um, something that I had worked really, really hard. Like it was very important to me to like save myself until marriage. It was something that I had like as a high schooler, like didn't struggle with purity. Praise God for that. Um, And so it was a really, really, really difficult experience because I didn't know what to make of it. And I felt like all the truths that I had come to know um, were like shattered and taken from me. This time it like wasn't a choice by myself. It was something that was like taken from me. And so as much as I like hungered for the Lord, I was now in this like new reality of God, like why did this happen? (laughs) Um, And if you love me so much and you've set me apart for this like mission, um, why are you entering me into this like season where I have to suffer Um, So I had to face this new hurt, and I didn't really know how to face this new hurt. Um, And what ended up happening is it kind of brought me back to that place of hopelessness. Um, But I had also simultaneously like a desire to fight. Um, And I ended up in a really low place again. Um, And for a second time, ended up trying to take my own life Um, And the Lord in his goodness gave me like a voice to speak what I had attempted to do. Um, And I ended up finally getting the help that I need, um, but also getting the spiritual help that I needed. So healing isn't just like an emotional healing journey. There's a spiritual aspect and you cannot heal fully because Lord, the Lord is the only one that heals fully. So they both have to be working together simultaneously. Um, And so I entered in to 
a season where I was committed to healing spiritually and emotionally, and it was a lot of work. Um, but the Lord gently kind of broke down all of these walls and all of these lies. And I realized for the first time in my life that I couldn't do anything to like heal myself. <laughs> mm. Like I was not going to be the one that healed myself. God was going to heal me. And I had to live out of that reality every day because as soon as I tried to like heal myself on Gina, like control, um, like there was no good that came from that. It was just more like hurt and more hopelessness. Um, but as soon as I was like, God, I just surrender this to you. Um, I can't do this on my own. He was like, okay, I'm going to carry you and you're going to be okay. So that was, that was a beautiful time, but also a really challenging time. Um, because in order to be in relationship with other people, I had to admit that like I was broken Um, But it was also really awesome because the Lord started cultivating these new relationships where people who desired the Lord desired to walk with me, which wasn't something I had experienced either. People wanting to walk with me instead of just kind of like take things from me or use me for what I could give or I don't know. And so through other people, the Lord really brought me in um, to different like missions. The Lord was like putting on my heart a desire for ministry and a desire to like use um, what I had experienced for like his glory. And I realized that that was kind of what the Lord had cultivated all along in my life, that um, my testimony to him when I surrendered to him was going to be so much greater than any pain that I had ever experienced. And as long as I I set my eyes on that instead of what had happened to me, not only was his glory going to be shown to other people, but I was going to know him more intimately. Mm, that's a good word. Mm. Yeah. And that's that's what the Lord wants for each and every one of us. Like if you are listening right now and you are holding secrets of what has happened to you in the past and you're like, if I speak this, like the Lord could never, ever, ever bring like goodness or healing in that, that is not of the Lord. And in Jesus name, I pray that any silence would be broken right now. And that courage would fall afresh on you and that you would be able to speak not only what had happened to you, but that you would be able to invite the Lord into those moments Um, because the Lord is speaking arise. He is speaking arise right now. Um, And Lord, I just ask right now that you would give people um, a new sense of strength, whether that's a physical strength or an emotional strength to to just rise up Mm. Um, because we are moving into a time where hopelessness is like around every turn. I was like looking at my news, like my phone. I don't know how this happens. I am very technologically, I struggle. Um, but <laughs> the news app on my phone last night was popping up and I was reading story after story of tragedy and hopelessness. And I had to stop myself and just be like, Lord, give me the strength to do something because I know you're calling us all to do something. And he was like, Gina, the thing I'm asking you to do is just to speak my love and my truth in your life. There's a verse in Exodus that says, this is why I have let you survive to show through you my glory and make my name resound throughout the earth. Oh man, say that again. Um, This is why I have let you survive to show through you my glory and make my name resound throughout the earth. Mm. And that is the very thing that the Lord speaks to each and every one of us, regardless of our story, regardless of our struggle. Um, This is why I have let you survive. And there's so much power in our testimony 
And so the Lord is calling us all into this new season of sharing testimony to not be afraid to jump into like those hard places. Like, yeah, it's scary. Vulnerability is scary. Stepping into today and being like, yeah, I was, I struggled. I was abused and I was sexually assaulted and I struggled with addictions of different kinds. Yeah, that's hard to admit, but that's not who I am. Who I am is a daughter of the King and who I am is powerful beyond measure. And that ultimately is what is going to bring freedom, not only to myself, but to other people. And so the Lord's brought me into a new season of not only encouraging myself, um, but encouraging others to speak their story because there's power in that. And Gina, let me ask you a question. Are you healed? I am healed. Yeah, I'm healed. (laughs) Amen to that. And what was like, was there a breakthrough moment or what was like, what was the shift? Does that mean like, yes, there's a different mindset where the lies disappear and the freedom comes. What What's the, what was the shift? I love that question so much because I think all of our shifts look different. And my shift in particular, my conversion in general was a bunch of little moments where the Lord just like planted these seeds. Um, and I would say one of the major shifts came from, and this, uh, this is like, I don't even know. God is so funny. Thank you, Lord. Um, the major shift was just on a daily basis, I began to, he gave me this new ability to see the moments where I was like going back to emptiness. So every day I would wake up and I had a choice. I had a choice to go back to what I had been trained to do when I struggled or when I experienced like a moment of depression or anxiety. Um, I could run back to the things that I tried to use or I could choose to do something different. Um, And the very thing that was different was choosing, okay, today I'm going to live hope. Today I'm going to live joy. Today when I hear that I'm not good enough, I'm going to – thank you, Lord. Okay, he just gave me clarity of my words. I'm going to do the opposite of what fear tells me to do. Yeah, that's a good word. That was the shift. Mm -hmm. So, And I literally had to say that to myself. Like I could feel like the anxiety welling up and I could feel myself wanting to shy away from whatever was in front of me, whether that was as simple as like getting out of bed that day, or maybe it was like talking to someone, or maybe it was like choosing to go to class or choosing to go on a job interview or choosing to go to work. Um, And I would have, like, I would get so fearful, so fearful. And I would have to be like, Gina, you have to do the opposite of what fear is telling you to do right now. And it wasn't like this one major moment where it was really easy to do. It's still hard to do the opposite of what fear tells me to do, but you just have to step into it, period. You just have to choose to step into it. Lord, help me step into this. You step into it. And then the muscle gets stronger. Surprise. It's like, <laughs> like that's the most shocking revelation. It's not. It's just truth. It's like lifting weights. And then suddenly you have to add a little more weight because it's easier. Mm-hmm. And that's the things that I could step into um, and the things I could do the opposite of what fear was telling me to do and became bigger and larger. And that's the reality of like mission. I can be on mission in little ways on a daily basis, but now I can be on mission in larger ways because that trust in the Lord has grown. Now it's become like this ruthless trust where, yeah, Lord, you want me to talk to this random person? No big deal. You want me to stand in front of a group of high schoolers and share like my testimony raw? Of course, I will do that for you because you saved me and I owe you everything and I trust you with my life. You know, the I think sometimes there are people out there who have had a, a, a difficult past like you. And then God starts to intervene and renew their mind and change them and shift them. But then that lie keeps seeping in like, well, am I healed or am I different? Mm-hmm. And I think the answer that I'm getting right now is just that 
the the answer is are is the fruit of the spirit alive in your life right yes. the fruit of the if you're healed the holy spirit comes in you and he transforms you right you're behold whoever's in christ is a new creation the old has passed away and the new has come st paul says and then he says in the the fruit of the spirit is love joy peace patience kindness generosity faithfulness gentleness and self-control and against the, these there is no law right and so the old it, Right now, I'm hearing from you, Gina, love, peace, Mm -hmm. joy, patience, kindness, generosity, (laughs) faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, right? The fruit of the Spirit is alive. And because you see the fruit, you know the Spirit is there. The root is there, right? And so, listeners, if you're questioning, well, has God healed me? Mm -hmm. Has God brought me deliverance? It's not always a a, a moment or a a thing. It's, It's the Spirit transforms us. And all of a sudden, the fruit used to be death and despair and hopelessness and fear and anxiety and self-doubt. But then the fruit becomes different, right? Now, yes. you're no longer a barren tree. You're a fruitful tree. And God, and, and what's so beautiful, and you know, sometimes the radio is so sad because you don't have, listeners, you don't have the blessing of knowing Gina, like Patrick and I have the blessing of knowing Gina. And I just see this 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 tree with just a bountiful fruit, and that's your life, Gina. And and so many people are able to go up to that tree and just pluck off good fruit from your life mm-hmm. that you give them joy and peace and patience and kindness and generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, that your life gives others that fruit. And um, if we don't have, if we're not rooted in the source, then then our, our, our tree of life is it's barren and people can't receive from it. And I, what the word I think God wants to share with our listeners right now is that if if you've been bearing bad fruit, God wants to transform your life so you can bear good fruit. And that good fruit will change others. And so we're going to take a break. And when we get back, Gina, we want you to share some of the good fruit that you've seen uh, other people receive through your ministry and through your love. Uh, so you're listening to um, Encounter, a co-production of St. Gabriel Radio and Ca- uh, EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. And when we come back, we're going to hear more from Gina Sicuti. Scripture and Tradition with Father Mitch Pacwa. Is there anything in the tradition that is not found in the Scripture? And I said, yes. The table of contents. No book of the Bible writes down which books belong in the Bible. You only know it from the oral tradition from the apostles. Scripture and Tradition with Father Mitch Pacwa. Tuesday, 10 a.m. and 2 p.m. Eastern on EWTN Television. The wisdom of Mother Angelica. I want you to have such confidence in the Lord that you'll find such hope and see the beauty of the Lord, the majesty of God. What did our Lord say, huh? If your sins are as scarlet, oh, what? What's going to happen? They shall be made white as snow. EWTN. Live truth. Live Catholic. Welcome back to Encounter, the show that brings you the life-changing encounters of ordinary people that launch them into lives of extraordinary mission. Wow, Patrick, we've been hearing just the amazing testimony of uh, freedom and healing and deliverance that Gina has been sharing, that, uh, that Jesus has just brought her uh, from slavery to freedom. Uh, yeah. And it's just such a great yes. word. Uh, Gina, could you share with our listeners the 
you know, we ended with talking about that tree that bears good fruit. Yes. Can you just share some of the good fruit that people um, are now receiving from your ministry? Yes. So it's funny. Freedom and joy are super contagious. <laughs> Amen to that. So when when you choose to step into that, the fruit is contagious. Um, and so I've really, I've really seen the more that I step into the abundance of what the Lord has for my life and my identity, um, other people feel a comfortability with like letting walls down and not, um, not hiding behind masks, especially in youth ministry. Um, high schoolers, if you're a high schooler listening or a parent of a high schooler listening, like high schoolers have a hard journey right now. Um, and I've noticed like a lot of high schoolers just like being real with them and saying, Hey, this is where the Lord brought me from. And they're like, wow. I'm struggling with this. I'm like, yeah. And the Lord desires to bring you freedom from that. And I can share the fruit and the hope in my life. And then there's a freedom for them to be authentic. So that's one of the major fruits that I've seen. Um, another major fruit that I've seen is just like joy. And I know this sounds so silly and I don't mean this in like a cocky or like self-righteous way, but I am confident that the Lord has given me an ability to like change the tone in a room. So like, I know when I walk into a room and if I'm living out of like who the Lord created me to be, like my joy is like seeping onto other people. <laughs> mm, amen. And so I would say that is another major fruit, whether that is just like in the office um, at work or whether that's walking in to a room full of like high school students or whether that's walking into just like um, time with my friends or my family. Um, and I know that the hard part of that, which is also a blessing, is that I know when I'm not doing that. Um, I know when I'm not like when I'm having an off day or when I haven't gone to the source for that day. Um, and then I can be like, okay, Gina, like that joy is not like super contagious right now. And that's because you're trying to do it once again on Gina power and not Jesus power. So why don't you take a moment and recenter yourself? Um, and then, you know, the joy and the freedom, it's contagious. That's amen. Yeah. And I think that's just the, that's actually the reality of what it means to be a Christian is that we would experience such a deep conversion in in the intimacy of God, that then when we go into the world, the fruit of the Holy Spirit kind of just seeps out of us, and it's contagious. <laughs> I love that because uh, when something is contagious, uh, if you're in the presence of that, it spreads, right? And then once it spreads, when that person leaves, they're now contagious, and then they <laughs> spread, right? And so imagine if we lived contagious Christianity, and 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 our faith was so attractive, and the fruit of the Spirit was so alive in us that. It spread onto others and then it was, it, they caught it <laughs> and then it spread. And, and I just love that. And that's, uh, that's such a beautiful, um, way to see the faith and to see evangelization. So Gina, if our listeners are trying to like, maybe they're in a, a, a place of brokenness and hopelessness, or maybe they are, uh, they know a loved one who's in that place. What could you share? What are some of the keys to healing and freedom? Well, I would say, number one, come out of hiding. <laughs> Don't mm. hide. Um, darkness doesn't drive out darkness. <laughs> light does. And so you got to you gotta bring mm -hmm. it into the light. And the beautiful thing about the church is there are so many wonderful ways to do that. Number one, go to confession. Confession is such a beautiful gift. And um, for me personally, that was a major 
major moment when I finally went to confession super intentionally um, and brought all the darkness and all the pieces um, and allowed the Lord's light to shine on that. And it was funny because in confession that time, I was like shaking. I didn't want to make like eye contact. I was like, I'm, I was so scared. And the priest started crying and I was like, oh no, like I need to go. Now I need <laughs> oh, to no, hide it. Now I need to hide again. Like the priest is crying. This is the worst. Uh, but he looked up at me. I will never forget this ever as long as I live. He looked up at me, eye contact. And with like the eyes of Christ and like the like love just like pouring from him, he was like, I'm honored to be in your presence. He's like, you know, you're going to be a saint one day. And that moment was so pivotal because no one had ever told me that in like the midst of my brokenness and the messiness and the pain of what I had experienced in the darkness, that like I was called to be a saint and I was capable of being a saint. I was called and capable because that's who the Lord created me to be. So confession, I would <laughs> just go to confession, um, adoration, spend time in the presence of Jesus. Let him, let him speak to you. Let him love on you. Um, also mass is beautiful and there were so many moments while preparing to receive Jesus that I was like, the Lord converted my heart more and more and more. Um, also, just find people and be in relationship with people. Yeah. What if what if the keys to healing were already given to us in the church, right? Like yeah. that mm, confession yes. and adoration <laughs> and mass that like, we don't need another self-help book to figure out how to be healed, right? We don't. Um, and the, the God has actually fashioned the incarnational reality, sacramental reality of the church to be a vehicle of healing. And you mentioned something earlier that I think is so critical. You found people to walk with. And mm -hmm. so I think community, uh, while the sacraments are, are the source of transformation, that authentic community is, is the strength that keep you rooted in the source um, and to seek out that authentic community. We just want to close today with prayer, right? And because Gina has brought uh, to light a lot. Uh, and, uh, you know, maybe for a lot of you, she said, don't hide. That That's the first key. And maybe a lot of you have been hiding, not just from others, but even from God. And mm -hmm. and maybe there's wounds from your childhood, uh, abuse or, or um, bullying or uh, just rejection that you've been carrying your entire life. And God wants to bring you freedom from that. Um, so we're just going to pray. Uh, and, and we're going to get real with God and just bring to him, uh, invite, as, as Gina said, we want to invite the Lord into that brokenness. So in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Lord Jesus Christ, I just, uh, you became incarnate in a cave, that it pleased God to, to dwell in, in, in the mess, that you were born in a cave that was dark and wet muddy and just filled with with manure and and dirt and, and and what you teach us lord is that you love us so much that you want to get into the darkness that you want to go into the darkest places of our lives and the messiest places of our lives and you do that so that you can transform it and make it clean so god we just pray that right now you would enter into our brokenness that you would transform the darkness and bring light that you would just allow uh, that which is messy to become clean. And we speak to you anxiety in the name of Jesus. We cast out all anxiety and we call for the peace of heaven to fall right now. And we speak to you fear and we in the name of Jesus, we cast out fear and we pray that the hope of heaven would fall. We speak to you self-harm, self-doubt and self-hatred. And we cast you out in the name of Jesus 
And we just pray that the, the love of heaven and the intimacy of the Trinity would fall right now upon you. And we speak to you abuse and we cast you out in the name of Jesus. And we just speak for unity and, and rest to fall upon you. Come Holy Spirit. I just, Father, I, I just got this sense that you are um, touching people's hearts right now and you are healing hearts and binding up wounds. And it's the presence of God that can do all these things. So, Lord, I thank you for your presence that's coming upon some listeners right now. I pray that you increase your presence, that you're, uh, as you touch and heal hearts right now, your presence would transform them. So I just pray more, Lord, more of your anointing. More of your presence. Yeah, if you're if you're feeling like a heat or a weight fall upon you right now, that's the presence of God, and uh, God just wants to wash over you. I just see like a a waterfall right now of God's grace falling from heaven. So, Lord, we just pray that you would continue releasing that on our listeners right now. Just wow, man! The Lord's saying that waterfall is my tears. That throughout your entire life, I want you to know my son, my daughter. He's saying, my daughter, I want you to know that I've been crying with you and I, I, I'm your father and I just want to, I want to heal you. And, and the reality is I have the power to heal you right now. I can wash you clean with my tears and I can welcome you back into my home and I can empower you and fill you with all that you need for, to live this life strong and powerful. I'm just getting a sense that if, um, if you feel like you've experienced healing before, but you feel like you've plateaued or that the Lord doesn't have more, um, he wants you to know right now that that's a lie and that he has more for you, that he loves you, um, and that that you you have no reason to be hopeless in those places where you're doubting um, the healing that he's provided. He doesn't give himself in pieces, and he wants you to know the reality of the full and abundant life that he has for you. So thank you, Father. Thank you for giving all of yourself to us. Lord, I just ask that you would penetrate hearts with all that you are and all that you have right now. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, Gina, I asked you earlier, are you healed? And you were able to say yes. And that's the word that uh, God wants to speak over you today, listeners, that God, he's a God of, uh, he's a healer, and he wants to bring healing. And uh, today, we're going to do what Gina encouraged us to do. We're going to start doing the opposite of what fear tells us to do. Amen. So if this show really inspired you, you can contact Gina um, on our website. Her uh, Under the show notes, you'll find her contact information, or you can contact us at Encounter. Our website's EncounterRadio.com. Dot org. That's EncounterRadio.org. If God has been working in your life during this episode and you want to share your testimony uh, with us or with our listeners, please go to EncounterRadio.org and, and share what God has been doing in your life. You've been listening to Encounter, a co-production of St. Gabriel Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Gina, thank you so much for being on our show today. Listeners, I want to encourage all of you, if this episode is resonating with you, please share it with others. You can download Download it on our website and share it with the masses. Uh, we'll, we'll join. You'll join us next week on Encounter. God bless.